trained by grace and uh, I believe that the Lord's been speaking this to me and just showing me how he's done what what he can only do you know we can do what our part is but I'm telling you God is amazing in what he can do in our lives when we give him an opportunity and um, you know I this message really is has come out of just a lot of things that I've been studying and what God has been showing me for my life but um, I believe it's it's a message for us that if we can get a hold of it in our lives, it'll put us in a place of freedom. You know, we sang the song, I am saved by grace. You know, mercy found me. Hallelujah. How many are you glad mercy found you in the place that you were in? But, you know, God's grace is amazing. You know, I've sang that song all through my growing up years. Even in the Methodist church, we would sing that song, Amazing Grace. But it didn't really have the meaning that it has in my life today after living the years I have for the Lord. And uh, I want us to pray tonight. I believe that God has a word specifically for you. But we're going we're gonna to look at some history of, of Victory Christian Center and, and how God trained myself, how God trained my husband, how God's trained our children uh, by grace. Everybody say by grace. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that in our lives you saw that we could not do it without you. And from the very beginning, it says, once Adam and Eve made that choice in the garden, you immediately said, I will make a way. I will make a way to restore what has happened here so that I can be with you, so that I can help you, so that I can make a way for you where there is no way. And, Lord, we are grateful tonight. Teach us by your word. Teach us by your spirit. And give us ears to hear and eyes to see what the Holy Spirit's saying. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, um, you know, everybody's been trained by somebody. Uh, I was thinking of Tarzan. You know, I mean, he was trained by apes, wasn't he? And uh, he learned to swing from vine to vine. I mean, that wasn't a normal way to live. But, but he learned that because he was trained by those animals to do that. And, you know, I hear my son, my daughter sometimes say, you know, trained by wolves. You know, that sometimes children, you know, that they run into, they wonder if they've been trained by wolves instead of living human beings, you know, because of the way they act and the things they do and the things they say. And, uh, you know, all of us have had training in some way or another, but most of us um, would probably not say we've been trained by grace. You know, we've been trained by the example of parenting, parenting, you know, and whether that's good, bad, or ugly, we've, we've been trained by that. We've been trained by people who have influence in our lives, whether it be a school teacher, somebody who, you know, maybe taught us things in a job. We've been trained by people to be who we are today. And, and some of that training we just accept as this is the way it is, when maybe that's not really all the story. And when Pastor John said tonight about new, we're made new in Christ, that newness isn't like... Um, we just instantly become changed outwardly, but inside, everybody say inside, something new takes place. Now, we have to connect with that new, and I don't know about you, but when I first got saved, you know, I was the same person in the way I handled things, the way I did things, as I was before, because my spirit was born again, but it hadn't really been trained to be who God wanted me to be. So I was still trained by my old system, and I was living by that old system, and therefore the victory that I was supposed to have in Christ wasn't always apparent. How, how many of you have lived there? And, and, you know, you begin to think, well, you know, I thought they said this was, this was going to be a good life, you know? I mean, I got all this stuff. I, 
nothing changed, you know. I still got three kids. I'm still a single mom. I still don't have enough money to get what I need every week. I mean, none of those things, those things have seemed to have changed except something on the inside. Everybody say on the inside. There was something on the inside that I knew was new. It was an excitement or a hope or whatever you want to call it that there was, there was something better. There was, there was something more. And it was Jesus and the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. And as I began to uh, study this message, I was looking and reading just my really, uh, regular daily reading. Everybody say this. We need to read the Word of God daily. It will speak to you. God, I don't know how he does it. Uh, because this word was written a long time ago, the, the things that God puts in my hand that I'm to read daily, I mean, they, on the day I need it, it is amazing. They, the, the, they show up. Copeland, Kenneth Copeland, you know, he wrote a little book, and on the day I need it, it shows up in there just exactly what I need. I think, how did he know that when he wrote that book? Because God knows. Everybody say, God knows. He gives you things to read. He's training you. He is training you by grace. Everybody say by grace. And so I, I've been hearing this, and then I read May 2nd, train your spirit. This is in my faith to faith. And it, it's from Titus 2. If you turn to Titus 2, we're going to look at that scripture. But while you're turning there, I want to read to you what this, this says. If grace, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible right now. If grace has trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness, irreligion, and worldly passionate desires, to live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, devout, spiritually holy lives in this present world. Everybody say, it's possible to live the way God wants me to. See, it's not by our ability. It's not by works. It's not by... Uh, the fact that we got saved, it's because God will train us by his grace. Everybody say, by grace. And so when grace tra- trains you, you become a different person. You become who God wants you to be, and you become that from the inside out. Not from the outside in, not by a book of rules and regulations. And we're going to look at that tonight, and I'll show you what it says. But Brother Copeland says in this, uh, this particular text, when an athlete goes into training, he practices to improve his skills. He works hard, repeating the same motions over and over. Have you ever wondered why God just keeps saying the same thing over and over? Have you ever thought that? I mean, God, can we get a new idea? I mean, why is it the same thing? Because he's training us. Everybody say training us. And it says over and over until they become what, what we would call second nature. You know, second nature to whatever that is that God's calling us to do or whatever being trained. And I thought this was very interesting. He says, that's right in Hebrews 5.14. It says we can train our senses. How many of you have just said somebody say that person is just plain senseless? Well, we can train our senses. What does that mean? The way we, the way we experience things, the way we see things, the way we feel things, the way we touch things, all those senses. We can train them to discern between good and evil. Well, that takes away the ability of the enemy to put us in a position where he can do something to us that will destroy what God is trying to do because our senses are trained to discern. That's a, that's a training, and it's done by grace. He goes on and says, when you train or practice for something, you expose yourself daily to whatever it is you want to become. You, you've seen people who want to be swimmers, who are we're getting ready for the Olympics, the Summer Olympics. I mean, those people work day in, day out, and they do the same thing over and over 
and over. I watched a show once where people were training to be ice skaters. And, I mean, they did the same thing over and over in, in, in the show that I was watching. You would see them practice. They'd practice the same thing over and over and over until they were confident that they could do what they were trying to do. And, and that confidence came from that training process. Well, it says, uh, you practice over and over until it becomes second nature to you. Now, I thought this was interesting. People who are, have, people who are lazy have practiced being lazy. They've practiced it. It's become second nature. It, you know, it, it doesn't, it, they don't need any, any more teaching on it. They've practiced it so long that it's just comfortable, and that's, they're, they're just there. People who are disciplined have practiced being disciplined. You know, uh, the other book that I'm reading is called Confidence by Joyce Meyer. And, and same, this is May 6th. I guess God's trying to teach me about being trainable or trained. But it says, be trainable. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh, everybody say no flesh, no flesh should glory in his presence. And so she talks about it. She says it may be formal training and it may not, but God will use everything in your life to train you if you are willing to be trained. It's sad to say that many people have a great calling on their life, but they're too impatient to go through the preparation that is necessary to equip them for the job. You know, Esther was trained to become the queen. God has a preparation period for every one of us. And if we understand that, then we are able to receive his training process. And his training process is, uh, well, it's rigorous. Everybody say rigorous. I mean, God doesn't give up until we get it. How many of you know that's true? And, and it's because in that process, we are going to be changed from glory to glory. But in the, also in that process, we're going to become everything God wants us to be. And it's going to be from the inside out. It's not going to be because we go to church because it's Sunday. It's not because we talk to our neighbor because we're supposed to witness. It's going to be something that comes right out of our spirit because we have been trained. And so it's become second nature to us to talk to people about Jesus. It's become second nature to us to let our light shine no matter where we are. It's become second nature to us that when we hear an evil report that we speak a good one in his place. Everybody say second nature. But you have to be trained by grace. Everybody say grace. And I want to explain this. That's what Titus said. So let's look at this scripture in Titus uh, chapter 2, verse 11. And I'm reading now from the New King James. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Are you zealous for good works? We'll talk about what that means. And then he says, speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Titus and Timothy were disciples of Paul. They were taught by Paul. They were trained by Paul. And Paul had left Titus in Crete to bring order. Everybody say bring order in this church. Just like Paul tried to bring order to the church at Corinth. 
God is an orderly God, but he builds like line upon line, precept upon precept. And when he's done, what he has perfected is able to be anything that God calls him to be at that moment because it is second nature to them. You know, uh, I have things in my life that God's worked on. I'm sure you do in yours. And uh, I know how I'm supposed to respond. (laughs) Do I see any hands? You know, I know what I'm supposed to do. But I always get the choice to let the training take its course or to choose to not do what I've been taught. But I've learned this after 30-some years with the Lord and 22 years in this church plus eight years in Tulsa in ministry. God will keep putting that before me till I no longer want to respond the way I used to. And I'm thinking, I wish we could just get this over with. And God probably saying, I wish we could too. Hallelujah. And so, uh, you know, everybody say trained by grace. Now, in my life, I found, you know, that, that I didn't always do what I was supposed to, but I did find this out. God was always faithful to forgive me if I ask. Everybody say trained by grace. See, grace trains you to repent quickly. Uh, the world teaches you, you know, make excuses for whatever you did so you don't have to take responsibility for it. But God trains us by grace, and I'm going to show you that in a minute what this means because we're going to go back and look at these words in detail. But God trains us by grace so that we, we want to repent. We don't look for an excuse to say, well, you know, if they hadn't done that to me, I, I mean, I wouldn't be acting this way. You know, if my husband would get it, I mean, our house could be perfect. He's the spiritual head. I've heard that lots of times in counseling. I will be the wife I'm supposed to be when my husband becomes the spiritual head. And I'm thinking, well, you're going to have a long wait maybe. So what are you going to do? Just live in sin till he gets it right? No. See, we're responsible for our own walk. And so God wants to train us. If you go over into chapter 3 of Titus, it says, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I mean, God did it all. He saved us by grace. And, and I'm going to have you turn over to Ephesians in a minute. But, but I want you to see God has made a way for each of us individually to live the life that the word of God promises that we can live through salvation. Everybody say salvation. Now, I want to give you the definition for salvation because it says in verse 11 of Titus 2, for the grace of God that brings salvation. How do you get saved? By grace. It's grace working through faith that you become saved. It's a gift. It's free. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. That's Ephesians chapter 2, and I'll have you read it in a minute. But salvation means deliverance, preservation, soundness, prosperity, happiness, and general well-being. Does that sound like a good life? That's the good life, amen? And and, and this this is what the word salvation means. So when we say, for the grace of God, that brings deliverance, preservation, soundness, prosperity, happiness, and general well-being has appeared to all men. Everybody say, it's appeared to all of us. See, it's, we have it. 
Now, that's a lot of things to have. But it says, for the grace of God that brings salvation. Who brings salvation? Grace. Everybody say grace. The grace of God. Now, what is grace? Unmerited favor or the ability of God to do in your life what you cannot do yourself. So if we read it like that, we say, for the unmerited favor of God, the ability of God to do what I cannot do myself that brings deliverance, preservation, soundness, prosperity, happiness, and well-being into my life has now come to me, teaching me that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, I should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Everybody say, trained by grace. Now, I did not understand this because I was totally a performance person. So, you know, I, I was all about what I could do, and then, you know, and, and then I was saved. But it was still about what I could do. When I was uh, in, at ORU in 1979, when God really just took me and set me apart, he began to teach me things that today I understand what they were. At the time, I had no clue what was happening to me because I didn't know enough of the word to understand what I was being taught. But I was experiencing, just like the word of God said, I was experiencing the grace of God. I would make a mistake. And I feel really bad, and I would hear this. Just ask me to forgive you and try again. I think, well, that's not God. I mean, God, God isn't that nice. I mean, I did the wrong thing. Everybody say, trained by grace. See, grace brings deliverance, preservation, and all these things. But if you're living by the law, you're not ever going to get those things. All you get is condemnation and guilt and all the things that go with that. And God is a God who's always trying to tell you what you're doing wrong, not a God who's trying to help you be everything that will make you be right. You know, we can sing all day long, everything's all right, but everything's not all right until we get that revelation of what God's doing in our life. And so as, as I begin to walk in these things, and I was really by myself um, out there in Tulsa with my three children. They were, I guess, fifth, third, and first grade when I moved there. I ended up in the school, <clears throat> excuse me, of uh, medicine. There was a class, the first class of ORU people that would be doctors. And uh, they, there were 20 of them. And I ended up in this office where they all the time would come to me for their needs. And I thought, you know, I am not qualified to help you because you do not know what a mess I am. Because, see, I am a wreck. And uh, I, I see a doctor, and he doesn't know if my mind's going to go first or my body. And so I don't know why you're in here because I really have nothing to offer you. And, uh, and, and I don't even know if I'm sane. So, you know, I, I, was, I was totally floored, but they had nobody to go to because the two professors that were supposed to be in there to help them the dean of students, he, he was busy in another department and had not been moved there yet. So I was their only connection to anybody that could help them. So one day they came in and said, we, would, we want you to teach our Bible study. I thought, we're in serious trouble. <laughs> because uh, I have really nothing to teach you. Everybody say, trained by grace. And so I, I went home. I said, God, they, they, think I, they think because I work here, I know something. They don't realize I've been brought here to be healed. And so we, you know, have nothing to give them. And, and God said, just ask them how rich are they toward God. And I thought, well, okay, then what do I do after that? Well, then God showed me that's in the word. Everybody say in the word. And, and so I taught them out of Luke chapter 12 about this rich man. And everybody say, when you teach, when you train, you learn. 
See, a lot of people don't want to get in this position. I didn't want to be in this position. I thought these people have, have really been mistaken. They, they think I'm really, you know, like I got here because I know something. And spiritually, because I work at ORU, I must know, you know, Oral Roberts University, surely the people that work there know something. Well, that was wrong. And so it says in Luke, and this was just a great story. I was amazed at it, that there's this rich man. And this is how he does things. Everybody say, not by grace. He has, it says, uh, Jesus is teaching. And he says in verse 15 of Luke 12, take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. And he goes on, talks about this rich man. And this rich man had so much that he built all these barns, filled them up and then he still needed more barns. And so he said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, see, this is what has to be trained by grace. Your soulish realm, your spirit, man, you know, once, once it grows up, it starts telling your soul, you're not supposed to do that. How many of you been there? You know, you know, God for a little while and suddenly what you're doing is not quite what you're supposed to be doing. That's God training you by grace. And so he says, uh, soul, you have laid up good. You have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will these things be by which you have provided? So he is, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Boy, I bounced into that Bible study that morning. I was, had 30 minutes. I told him what this said. And, I, and God, had, this is, see, I could hear God talking to me. But I thought, you know, I shouldn't be really, I mean, I shouldn't be doing these things. You know, because I don't have a degree. I, I mean, I have nothing. Like what Joyce Meyer said, you may get it from experience. That's the way I learned everything from God. And so he puts me in the midst of these 20 brilliant young people. If you can pass those medical tests to get medical school, you're pretty smart. And they're looking at me to teach them. And I said, you know, you're not going to be the doctor God called you to be if you're not rich toward God. Now you may have all the knowledge and you know, the Bible does say knowledge puffs up. Knowledge puffs up if you don't mix it with the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Spirit of God, the spirit of grace, the spirit of truth, the Bible calls him, operate in your life to take what you're learning and train you to operate by grace. Well, I mean, they believed every word I said. It was amazing. They hung on every, I could tell they thought I was smart. <laughs> and I was, I thought I was smart too. I mean, I thought this is wonderful. Everybody say trained by grace. And it was the grace of God. I knew that that was not me. It was like a revelation to me. And then I went there and I told them the revelation and they got as excited as me. And, and, you know, they started going, some of them downtown to the, the Methodist church where uh, Jimmy Buskirk was teaching on healing, the healing ministry. And I said, you're going to lay hands on people. That's different than the ordinary doctor. Yeah, you may have a doctor that when you go in says before they're finished, let me pray with you. Let's pray and agree that God is going to do a miracle. How many of you got a doctor like that? See? That, that's trained by the world. But if you're trained by grace, I tell my doctor, I am praying about that. Now I have a few doctors who go, and they just go on like they didn't hear them. You know what? They've not been trained by grace. But grace has an answer. Grace has truth. Grace will train you. 
Grace will train you to speak what God wants to say. And it is not what you think you're going to say. Now, the, I want to show you a different story. And God just showed me this when Pastor John was preaching. Listen, you need to be listening. When Pastor John's preaching or anybody's up in this pulpit preaching, the Holy Ghost is talking. Everybody say it's the Holy Ghost. It's not the person. And the Spirit of God is speaking. And God will teach you things. He will train you by the Spirit how to live your life, even though it may not be exactly what Pastor John said. And I, I got a little carried away by third service because by then I've got it pretty good, what he's telling me. And so I ended up going a little further than where he was in Second Kings. And I got to looking at that uh, Shumanite, is it Shunammite woman. Is that how you say it? Shunammite. And um, she's the woman, after Pastor John was preaching about the, the, the widow that had the vessels, you know, we've been learning about filling those jars. Well, I went on and started reading about her, and I, and I love this story. I, I just think all these miracle stories are wonderful. But it said there, now it happened one day, I'm just going to quickly read from Second Kings 4, verse 8, that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman. Everybody say, notable woman. Now, I like that word, notable. Everybody say notable. So I looked down in my Bible, and it said an affluent woman. Now, this woman was not a poor woman. She was a woman who was a rich woman. But she was rich in God, and I'll show you why. It says, so it was, there was a, this notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food, Elisha. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by regularly. Let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. This woman was trained by grace. God trained her to open to the presence of God and to the spirit of God and to someone who operated in that. And it goes on and says that, that this man, uh, he would stop. I mean, Elisha would stop and his servant, Gehazi. And, it, and so he said to his servant, call this Shunammite woman. And, and when he called her, she stood before him and he said, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband's old. So he said, call her. And when, she, when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. And God began to say to me in, in this teaching that he's been speaking to me, when you're trained by grace, you're positioned for miracles. I want to be there. I want to live there. And sure enough, that son got sick. The rest of the story, Elisha was somewhere else. She knew when that son got sick, she went straight for him. He said to his servant, you go take care of it. And she stood there and would not leave until he came with her. And then he came and he laid on that son. Long story short, the son was healed. When you are trained by grace, when grace trains you, you do not give up. You do not give up because something on the inside of you has trained you to live the way God wants you to live. That woman was trained to live that way. How do you get there? How do you get to that place? It's step by step. 
little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept. And God began to speak to me. If you'll turn to Second Corinthians, and I, and I want to share the scripture with you. You know, um, as God trains us, we never get so smart that we don't need him. Could I say that again? We never get so smart that we don't need him. That's called spiritual pride. And I, pride goes before the fall, but it's a big one if it becomes spiritual pride. Because that's saying that you know more than, you know, than God in that situation. Or you become so strong spiritually that, you know, you're just a step above. Uh, there by the grace of God go I. I always think of that. You know, I see people get in messes. And sometimes I wonder, how did they get there? But then I remember I was saved by grace. And except God saved me, I could end up in the same place. We are always vulnerable to what the, what the devil would try to do if we get in a position where weaknesses in our life prevail over our strengths in Jesus Christ. So, you know, as we look at this, I, I want you to hear it's, it's about Paul and the thorn in the flesh. And people spend a lot of time trying to figure out what was wrong with him. You know, it's not about what was wrong with him. It's about what God said about what the problem was. And it says in verse 7 of Second Corinthians chapter 12, And I, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn of the flesh was given to me. It doesn't say by Jesus. Everybody say, it doesn't say that. A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, my my what? My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You have to be trained to live in a position where you think you will not make it except for God. You have to be trained. That is not the natural human nature to live as though if God isn't in this, I'm sinking. See, it, we, we encourage people to pray in this church. Every day we encourage people to read the word. But you know what will really cause you to read the word and pray every day? Is when you understand that without his grace, you are going under. I'm going under. If I don't have him, then I'm not going to make it. That causes me to want to read the word every day. That causes me to want to put the word in my heart, it says, so I won't sin against him. So what is that word doing? It's training me by grace. Now, let me give you a definition for grace. It, of course, it is God's unmerited favor, but I want to read to you a little bit more. God's unmerited favor is that indeed a manifestation of his power exceeding what we could achieve or hope by our own labors. And not only is it mightily in effect at our salvation. Now, we read all those definitions earlier. It is also a God-given resource that makes possible holy living when our life circumstance or character is under fire by the adversary. We have to live by grace. We have to live by God's ability. It says God's grace becomes his enablement or empowerment to achieve his plan, endure hardship, and access him. Paul's struggle has never been defined with certainty, leaving open the possibility of any one of us seeing in God's word to him words equally applicable to us. His grace is powerful and all enabling to the believer. His grace facilitates our abilities to conquer every weakness as we yield to absolute trust or reliance upon him. And then it says, um, sufficient suggests the idea of raising a barrier or warding off God giving us the grace, the supernatural ability, or miraculous faculty to sustain, endure, or maintain our call for all he is enabling us to become in Christ. 
Now, when God began to speak this to me, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Grace. He lives on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit always knows what to do. When we get in a position, and many of you here are living maybe in a position where it does not appear you have the victory, but the Word of God says you do have the victory if you know Christ. So everybody say this, I have the victory. Now, the way to achieve the victory is to let grace train you to walk in God's ability and not your own. Because it's the only thing that will overcome doing the wrong thing. When I was smoking and God began to speak to me that I was going to have to stop smoking, that's what I thought. I I have to quit this. This is not good because God doesn't want me to do it. But it was have to. It wasn't want to. It was have to. I mean, I counted on my cigarettes to get through life. There was a blizzard coming through town once, and I went and bought cereal for the kids and two cartons of cigarettes for me. I thought if I'm going inside for a long period of time, I've got to have help. And it isn't food. Just give me my smokes, and I will all survive. <laughs> I won't hurt anybody. And so, you know, that was it, was it was like something that I needed. It was an addiction in my life. And, uh, you know, when God delivered me, he delivered me the day I got saved. But I didn't walk in that till I was trained by grace enough that I was able to say, okay, God, I can't do it, but I know you can because I, you are going to make it happen for me. And one day... I guess I got to that point that I was trained in grace enough because he said today that was your last cigarette and I never smoked again and that was the end of it. It was the end of it. Now I went at noon and got some ladies to pray for me that were full of faith because I said God said it's over so it must be over so just pray you know that I can continue to be what God called me to be. Never never smoked again and I mean I smoked two packs of cigarettes a day I kept one lit just in case. Just in case God said quit, I wanted one going so I could at least smoke that before we put it out, you know. (laughs) I would smoke the very end of it, you know. I mean, I smoked it right down to the bottom. And today, if you're a smoker, you ought to smoke even the filter or whatever you got because it costs so much. Hallelujah. I wouldn't let one drop of it go by. (laughs) But, you know, I, I realized, I realized that God is the only one who can get me through where I'm going. And so I have to be trained by this grace, which is God's unmerited favor, his ability, his enablement on the inside of me that will cause me to be able to do whatever God says. Then when God says, stop doing this, he doesn't say it because he wants to hurt you. He wants you to be healed. And you want to be healed. Isn't that the truth? But but when, when the enablement comes, it's because you've been trained by grace. And when you're trained by grace, you have the victory. You have the victory. You can do whatever God says to do in that situation. You know, um, I had two great trainers in my life. I don't know why God did this for me, but uh, he moved me to ORU for a year when my life was a shambles. And I went to chapel and, and I got to hear Brother Roberts. I got to hear people of great faith, Brother Copeland and others. And then he trained my husband and I with Pastor Billy Joe Doherty. I mean, such a man. It takes grace to build debt-free. Thousands, thousands, and thousands of dollars. That takes grace. And, and you, have to, you have to be trained in grace to get before a congregation. I never had in that church, I don't believe a Sunday, that we were not believing God for more than what we had. And he would tell us, tomorrow we have to have this much money or they're going to have to stop building because we only build as we have the money to pay. And we would all pray and get in agreement and believe God for that. Everybody say, trained by grace. I was trained, but I was trained to believe, 
that God was who he said he would be. And in that training, it was a process. I mean, it was day after day. I had to learn to be trained for myself in those arenas. Pastor Bill, we had to learn to be trained in those arenas so that we could do. And in the year I was by myself in Tulsa at ORU, God trained me by grace to believe that I would have food every day to feed my children without welfare. He trained me. You know how he trained me? Told me to get on that track and walk around it every night for a mile. I thought, what's this got to do with being trained by grace? I didn't know I was being trained by grace, but I thought this is not even, I mean, this is not going to put food on the table. But do you know what he was doing? He was training me to be disciplined to do what he told me to do. And I would walk that track. He gave me a divine appointment on that track with a woman that, that I would have never met. Never. But he wanted me to meet her. And he wanted her to speak into my life. She had spoken into my life on an airplane. He brought her back into my life to speak into my life again. Everybody say, trained by grace. But I had to be willing to take three kids and move to Tulsa by myself. And to take a $3 cut and pay and not have enough money and put myself in a position instead of making $7 an hour to make four twenty-five, And live in a place where I had no family to help me so that I could be trained by grace. And... And people don't necessarily want to do that. Like what Joyce Meyer said, there's preparation time and it's called being trained by grace, but it is the greatest opportunity of all because you get to see that your whole sustenance, everything that you need. I learned salvation means preservation. I learned that salvation means there's going to be food to feed my kids. I learned how to give. Because in the midst of that, God told me to give away my clothes so that I could have new ones. I thought, if I give away what I have, you know, you can't go to work without your clothes. They don't allow it at ORU. And then he told me to lose weight. I lost weight. Then the clothes didn't fit, so I had to get rid of them. Everybody say, trained by grace. I believe this with all my heart. To be trained by grace puts you, you have to be in a position where you have to have God show up. And see, that's very hard for people to do. That's why they don't grow in grace because they don't want to get in that position where there isn't anybody going to help them except the Lord. I, I, you know, I made so many positions, so many messes, I just ended up in that position. But I would not trade that year that I had with God to learn those things. Now, you know, God knows all the things that are coming in your future. Tonight, you're sitting here. You may not know your future. And I'm going to share more next week just about things that happened in my life and my husband's life and how we got to where we are today. Because I, I want people to begin to see the harder it gets, the better God becomes in your life. The, the more valuable he becomes to you in your life. But I just want to tell one little story tonight, and, and I'll close with this. Uh, last night, I went with Pastor John and Elizabeth and, and my granddaughter and her boyfriend and... Uh, they invited me. I went to eat dinner with them. And, and the young man that's going to, well, he's, he is the one who comes in first to start preparations for the 99. Y'all need to start praying for the harvest of souls that are going to come in September into this, into this kingdom of God that are going to be changed for eternity. We, we need to start now. We need to start training by grace our spirit to believe God for the miracles that are going to happen. This young man came. Well, this young man is the son of uh, a gentleman, Terry Henshaw, who's been here many times before, that when my husband and I were in Tulsa, everybody say trained by grace. 
I went through a lot of training there. I, you, you're glad you know me now, not then, because I was not the same person. But, but my husband and I uh, were there, and, and I ended up teaching at Victor Christian Center. So I could be put under, I believe, a man and a woman who lived by grace, by faith in what God could do. But, you know, it's grace that saves us by faith, by faith in God. We have to, they go together. But grace is God's ability, and that's what your faith rests on. It doesn't rest on, rest on yours. So I, I went to work there. Within a month, my husband, the job he was working, the, the, the business closed, and he ended up in Bible school, which God had told me he would end up in Bible school. All three of my children were in a Christian school. Uh, you know, they weren't as excited as that I was. But, and, and, you know, we had to believe God for the money for that all the time. But... But I had heard God say that my husband would, would go to Bible school. And, and he ended up in Bible school. And, and this gentleman that worked in the office, he was the athletic director. So our sons, John and Matt, they love sports. Lori was a babysitter. She ended up these people's babysitter for the son that I'm sitting with last night in the restaurant and two older ones. She became their babysitter. These boys became his workers. I mean, they helped him build a, a baseball, uh, whatever that what was, complex, yeah, academy. And, they, and uh, you know, they worked at night for him, and, and they were with him all the time. I mean, he, they were there day and night with this guy. And John traveled with him overseas. I mean, they ended up playing baseball in Japan. I mean, I heard a lot of stories last night. You always hear more if you just get in a place where they don't forget you're there. And then the stories start rolling. You know, mom just perks up her ears. I don't say anything. I just keep eating my baked potato and listening to what's happening. But I hear it. And so, you know, I'm listening to these kids talk. Now, my granddaughter's sitting across from me with her boyfriend. And I could just see God. This, this young man, you know, he, he, he's, he's fascinated by what we're talking about. And, of course, this young man that's talking to us, Jeremy, he's, or not Jeremy, Daniel, he's 26. He was a baby when we were in Tulsa. Everybody say, trained by grace. I mean, the story is phenomenal. But see, we had to put ourselves out there. We, we, we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, all we did was go to these kids' things and do everything in the school and help the church. And I mean, we were 24-7 in the church. And it was hard. And we didn't have money. And you could say, well, where was God in all of that? Well, he was training us by grace. We were learning things that nobody could take from us. And so, long story short, this guy ends up being a missionary because he sells everything that he has after he builds it into a big, big, big income-making thing. The dad of this young man, Daniel, Terry Henshaw, sold everything and he gave all the money to people in missions. Sat down one night and wrote all the checks. Took these children. This young man we were sitting with was five years old. Five years old. And they moved with a five, a seven, and a nine-year-old to Russia because Pastor Billy Joe went over there and started holding meetings and thousands of people were getting saved. Everybody say, trained by grace. See, when you get in this mode, you get to see big things of God. You talk about see it great. I mean, you see a God great. But you have to pay that price of getting in that reign of grace because that's where those things happen. They don't happen over here in the everyday stuff. They happen over here where you're trained by grace to say, okay, God, I'm coming with you, you know? And you may, your knees may be knocking and everything may be inside of you saying, don't, this is stupid. But you say, no, it would be stupid not to do it. 
And so they went over there. They stayed there for seven years. They were in Russia, two or three. Then they end up in Prague. Well, here I come with 10 women from talk from here, and I go to Prague, and Terry takes us on a tour to speak and preach in Poland, Bratislava, Czech Republic. I never thought I'd go to those places. In fact, the first time I went, I was so scared I didn't want to go. But I went because Pastor Bill said I had to. And so I went. And I didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave my kids and my grand. I didn't want to do it. But I did it. I went down an escalator into a hole where you couldn't even see the bottom. That's, that's one of those bomb shelters they used to have. And you couldn't see coming up anything for a long time. And I don't like that. But I did it. But you know, all of that, I looked there last night. And there sits my son, my daughter-in-law, my granddaughter, and her boyfriend. And I'm thinking, God, you are so amazing. I wouldn't have wanted to miss this. Saved by grace, this 26-year-old kid talking just like his dad. I mean, he sounded just like his dad. And there's my son sounding just like me and my husband. We're all loony, but we're in this boat. It's exciting. We may be loony to the world, but I'm telling you, this is the hour to be trained by grace. Don't jump out of the boat. Do not say, I can't do this. You say, I can do this because I am being trained by grace. I can do this. And and don't let those, don't let a word come out of your mouth. You know, this is too hard. No, it isn't. Because God is going to be mighty in that place. And you're going to get to seem big. This young man and what God's doing today, what he's going to do in this city, I would have never dreamed. But it's going to be exciting. Because of being trained by grace. When we came here, we started in a basement. Today, there's a lot of people who've come through this church. But God has said there's, a, there's people, masses of people to be saved. And now, all of that is culminating. And this couple are coming here with a team of people that are going to win the lost young people to Jesus. The next generation. Everybody say, trained by grace. Would you stand with me tonight? We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.